Hello? <laughs> Shut your pie hole. It's that time again. It's Big Demi Energy. It's me, Demi, obviously. And this week has been a crazy one. Let's see, what did I do this week? I started rewatching all the Harry Potter movies. Wow, I cried during the entire first one just because it was so nostalgic and so magical and wonderful. And I just thought about where Harry was then versus where he is at the end of the series and... What a beautiful, beautiful story. So magical. Love Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter so much I named my cat Hermione. And I have Hermione's wand and I have a replica of her purse and I have a Gryffindor scarf. Even though I'm totally a Slytherin. Like, let's let's be honest. I would be a Slytherin. What would you guys be? I've been playing my Animal Crossing. I haven't done much with my island at all. What I'm working on right now is my BFF, Katie Morton. I'm working on getting her all the things she needs for her island. So she's like going to come pick up my stuff and do a touch trade. I'm making her or not making her. I'm copying from somebody else a Chanel outfit and giving that to her. She's trying to take care of my friends, you know. What else is new with me this week? Um, well, my brother and his girlfriend have been quarantined in Santa Fe. And they're actually flying out here tomorrow and I'm giving them my car because I am the greatest sister of all time. So they're going to fly out here. Everyone's going to be very safe. They're going to take my car and drive it back to Santa Fe. And I'm going to show my brother the waves, like the glowing waves, the bioluminescence that have been happening along the coast. I'm going to take him and his girlfriend to see those because it's really magical. It was really fun. I was running around like Elsa on the beach because the sand was glowing too whenever you stomped on it. So I'm really excited to share that experience with them because there's really not a lot we can do right now since everything's closed. And the beaches are, everyone keeps very far apart there. So it's social distancing and I can show them something that they have never seen before. So I'm excited about that. The other cool thing is that my brother and his girlfriend are really big fans of RuPaul's Drag Race and there's a new episode coming out Friday. So we're going to watch that together. It's all of our favorite show. Me and his girlfriend, her name is Morgan, we can talk about RuPaul's Drag Race for hours and we can like finish each other's sentences, quote everything together. It's so much fun. I can't wait to watch it with her. And speaking of RuPaul's Drag Race, I have the most amazing guest today that I'm so excited about and I had such a great conversation with her. So let me introduce you guys to Nina West, Miss Congeniality of season 11. Hi, Nina. Hi, Demi. How are you? I'm so good, you know, as good as I can be during this quarantine. Uh, do you remember meeting me at DragCon last year? It was, yeah, it was at the very end outside. Were we outside? Yes, you you had like taken everything off except your makeup. You were like getting into the car. I felt so bad because I was like, I know that she just wants to go home right now. Or like, you know, she's been doing this all day. And I was like, I can't help myself. It was amazing. I fell in love with you. Hello, I'm a big fan of the show, though. So it's incredible. To, was, that moment was amazing. Oh, I love that. I thought it was amazing, too. I was a huge fan of yours as well. Like, Miss Congeniality, what? Hello. I mean, it, it pays to be nice sometimes, you know? <laughs> I love that. You are so sweet. Okay, so we're going to get more into Drag Race later. But first, I want to talk about quarantine. So it's such a weird time right now. This is, I mean, I can't even believe that this is happening to everybody. Like, we can't leave our houses. Where are you at right now? 
Well, I'm at, I'm at my home, which is in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and I oh haven't been God. home, which is crazy. I haven't been at my home base for months because I've been traveling so much and doing so many different projects that the quarantine has now forced me to be at home, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> it's causing me to, you know, stop and reassess and kind of take stock of everything that I have to do. Are you by yourself? Yeah, I live alone. I'm single, tragically single. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't find anyone to hook up with and, hitch and move in with me before this all happened. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. It's so true. Like, so many people, like, randomly, like, like hooked up with somebody and, like, you know, got to quarantine together with them. It's kind of like what happened to me. Um, I hate that you're by yourself. What have you been doing, like, to entertain yourself during this? Oh, my gosh. Well, I have two dogs, so they keep me very busy. And then I'm writing a lot. So I'm trying to get ready for all of these. I'm trying to hopefully get ready for a new life after quarantine. So to get ready for big projects that will hopefully happen and occur and just keep, you know, creating my own destiny, which I think is a big part of my story. Yeah, That's beautiful. Like, what are you writing? Uh, so I'm working on some uh, children's programming. I'm writing some music. I am working on hopefully uh, some of my own opportunities and scripts to entice people and to hopefully get them excited about some stuff, some of the stuff that I want to do. So yeah, mm, it's, as you that. know, as you know, like when you go on reality TV, you can kind of do whatever, right? Like, but we have this really finite, small period of time to really kind of run with it. And it's, yeah. I've really felt that pressure. And it's like, okay, maybe this quarantine is here for me to like really focus on my work and try to what to make sure that I can put into motion things that I want to have happen next. I mean, that's a, that's a big goal. I love that. It sounds so productive. Um, I have done nothing productive except for like this podcast. So and it's amazing. Hello. <laughs> I know, right? It's it's just so funny because like every day I'm like, I have the opportunity to like come out of the day like learning, you know, working on a new skill or reading a book or anything, and I'm just like playing on my switch and like scrolling on social media or something. I'm I've not been the most productive. <laughs> I got a switch. I'm thrilled about that though. I got a switch during all of this, and it's incredible. No. What are you playing? Well, Mario Kart, I tried to do Animal Crossing and I just cannot commit to it. It is too much. I can barely keep my own house clean. What makes me want to do a digital, like a digital version of it? That's so funny. I'm obsessed with Animal Crossing, but everything is a mess on my island. Like it's all a disaster and I just like have to put it on sleep mode and be like, I have, I have to be okay with this. Yeah, that's what I do every, I'm like this. I open it up every night and I'm like, oh, this is cute. No, no, I'm gonna get I can't do it. I just can't do it. What are you playing? I'm playing Animal Crossing. And also, um, whenever I first got it, because Animal Crossing wasn't out yet, because I got it like a week earlier than the release date, I started playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. Have you heard about that? Yeah. I haven't played it's, it yet, though. Oh, it's incredible. Okay. Now I'm going to have to play that. Ugh. You you totally should play that. No, it's like so good. The only thing that's like drives me insane about it is because, you know, in Animal Crossing, I don't know if you've played enough, but like your tools break, you know? Yeah. My fishing Zel- <laughs> Yeah, it's so annoying. In Zelda, it happens like 10 times more often. Oh, cool. Yeah, you're really selling it, Demi. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, let me go get Zelda. <laughs> it's the only downfall, okay? Like, it's so good. I really I really love that game, and it's, it's very addicting. But I love games like that. Like, I love the Zelda games. I've always played them. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, let's Your see. Your nails are pretty, by the way. Kudos, girl. Um... <laughs> Guess what they are? Press-ons. Impress. 
I love them. They're uh, great. That's uh, good. probably why I'm drawn to them. It's probably why I'm drawn to them. I'm like, oh, those are really pretty. Oh, God, they're press-ons. Of course I love them. You're like, I've seen those before. Yeah, no, I'm obsessed with press-ons. I have a ridiculous amount. Like, it's it's pretty them. nuts. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, you guys use... I saw... I was watching... Uh, what... I, I think, yeah, it was season 12 that I was watching uh, yesterday. I was watching the new episode and I saw they like zoomed in on a portion where you can see like, the press-ons and I was like, oh my God, that's what I use. In England, they have, uh, there's a store called Primark and they have these Primark nails and they're like only a pound, which I think in like an American dollar is like $1.50, but they're like in all different shapes and they're pointed and they're oval Ooh. and they're like dag- like they're stiletto nails. They have all different styles. You have to check that out because they're, they're sickening. Oh my gosh. I have to. Do they stay on good? Yeah, the glue is ridiculous. Like you glue them, so they kind of ruin your nail bed. They're not going to be like a press on. <laughs> but they're great. Oh, I love that. So I'm obsessed with Drag Race. Clearly, you must be a fan too, because like you applied. What was it? Nine times. Yes. So tell me about that. How? Like what? Why weren't they giving you a chance? <laughs> okay, so it's kind of nuts. So. I fell in love. Well, so I was first introduced to Drag Race in season one, and I was told about this project before it was ever really what it is now, which is this major thing. But I was told about this reality competition that RuPaul was going to host, and I was the reigning entertainer of the year in 2008. And so I didn't have the opportunity to audition for season one, and I'm kind of glad it didn't happen. And then season, I saw season one, and I was like, okay, I'm really in love with this. It's like Top Model meets Project Runway meets a little bit of Survivor. As a, and as a reality fan, those were all like my favorite brands. Those were my favorite franchises. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, but it's drag. And I do drag. So I'd auditioned season two through season seven, I think. Or I forget which season I didn't. I did not audition for seven or eight. I forget. I think it was eight. Um, because I needed to take a break and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting cast. And then um, I had, over the years, because I'd worked in a show bar, I had met almost every single contestant, every single entertainer that's oh. ever been on the show. So jealous. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it's fabulous, <laughs> right? So I was wanting, I just kept asking them, what am I doing wrong? And I'd show them my audition tape. And like, the person that's in the audition tape and the person that I know are two very different people. And I was like, oh. Mm. So the last, so I told myself when I auditioned for season 11, I was like, this is going to be the last time I do it. I'm not doing this after this, which I probably would have had I not gotten on. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was that turmoil and that heartbreak of just not getting it. And I was like, I just don't think I can do it anymore. And so I auditioned for season 11 and I think I gave him the most authentic version of myself and I got it, which was great. But it was, t- I mean, there's so many, you can only hear no so many times before you're like, maybe I'm just not good enough. Or maybe this isn't the mm. right thing. Do you know what I mean? You hear no. Yeah. Like, but I, I mean, my philosophy is that you keep knocking on the door and you keep telling people you want it. And either eventually they'll say, you're never going to get this. Or they'll say, okay, we'll see what you've got. And they yeah. Say, <laughs> yeah. And not only did you get on, you got Miss Congeniality, which I think is like one of the best things you can get. Like, yeah, there's fan favorites and everything, but like Miss Congeniality, that means you're a sweet person and like you're kind and everyone recognizes that. And yeah, I loved that for you. I was so excited whenever I saw you. I have been absolutely loving my cute little pink backpack from Hammett. I've been rocking it around the house during quarantine and the family loves it too. 
They say that it's so me and it's the perfect size for all of my essentials. Hammett makes their bags so they are wearable for tons of different occasions. There is a style for every taste and purpose, whether you want a work tote or a mini crossbody for running errands. Their bags can complement so many looks, from day to night, festivals, weddings, you name it. I mean, their designer isn't even 30 and she's already won a Design Excellence Award for these bags. Their products are available on Hammett.com. That's H-A-M-M-I-T-T.com. Chat with their team and mention you heard about Hammett on my podcast and they'll include a complimentary gift with your order. And let me tell you, they give incredible gifts like card holders and pouches that you'll actually use every single day. I'm, I'm just so obsessed with drag. I just have to know, like, so you've met all the queens and everything. Like, did you have like a favorite person uh, like a, a, a queen that you were like dying to meet or something. Cause I mean, I have a huge list. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I'm sure my list is very like your list and my list are very similar. Like who, like I will tell you the dream meetings are people like detox when I'm in detox. Uh, I have oh. incredible friends in light of this. We, I knew her before, but watching D grow and be this amazing, amazing person has been incredible. She's fun. She's a good time. She is um, down to earth. She's so right in what she believes and she's just really a badass, a badass person. Um, I love detox. I oh. love detox. Um, of course, like, like who's on your list? I like everybody that I've ever met for the most part from the show has always been amazing. Of course there are those like rough run-ins, but I always want to maybe like chalk it up to the person's just having a bad day. Cause you know, sometimes yeah. you meet somebody and you're just like, Whoa what the hell was that? Like, that's not at all what I was expecting. You're rude. I hate when that happens. Well, it's a letdown too, because you meet somebody that you really kind of look up to and, or admire or be like, God, I love your work. I really respect what you do. And then they turn around and they're just not, and they're a shitty person. Like that sucks because you want, you want to believe the person that you saw on TV is still the same. Like they're like that in real life. And it's not always the case. <laughs> exactly. And like, like whenever we we are like kind of in that position too, like people want to meet us and I have a self-awareness that I know what that people want to meet me and like they they want something good for me. And so every time like, you know, someone comes up to me or I meet somebody or something, I give it my all, even if I'm not in the best mood, you know, I still am like, hey, like so excited to meet you too. And like I, I put it on for them. Yeah, it's hard because you don't know, like when you're meeting people, you it is difficult because you want to give them the experience that they have kind of dreamt about or maybe thought about. And I like, I put myself in the shoes of of my own self. And when I meet somebody, I'm like, wow, that was a really terrible interaction. And I start to think about, you know what I mean? And then I think about, well, I'm never going to probably meet like this, someone who's coming up to me and saying hello to me in the airport. I'm probably never going to see them again. So I might as well be nice because this moment this moment is going to be it's a fleeting moment and i'm only going to have a few minutes with them so why not leave them with a good taste and why not leave them with oh you know he's really nice or she's really nice and because it doesn't take it doesn't cost me anything exactly i fully believe that like if it doesn't cost me it doesn't cost me much and it's going to give them so much more I can do that. I can sacrifice a little tiny bit of like my attitude and be like, you know what? They, this is going to give them so much today. I can totally do that. Um, it's interesting because the drag race girls really, I think are remarkable. I mean, like everybody that I've met, like Aquaria, incredible detox, amazing. Um, 
I mean, the per- people from my season that I'm in love with, Brooklyn, Vanjie, Evie. Um, I mean, they're all like these rock stars. I love hearing that because like I'm huge fans of them too. Like I... I want to know who your favorite is. I don't... Well, I don't have an ultimate favorite except like this is my background on my phone. Let me show you. This is my oh background. Oh my God, Bianca Del Rio. Okay, let's talk about Bianca. Please. She is... Bianca is fantastic. There is... <laughs> She's everything you want her to be and more. So she, yes, she's a bitch and she's mean and she's biting. And I love it. Funny. <laughs> but she's also like, but she's also real. Like she's not like in like, she's just so awesome. I love her so much. She is the best thing to come out of RuPaul's Drag Race, in my opinion. The best. I agree too. I'm obsessed with her. I, uh, there was a show. Oh, I love hearing that. There was a show that was here, um, I can't remember when it was. It was like a few months ago and there was no tickets left. And I like emailed like the person, I don't know, whoever like is in charge of her stuff. Like I have no idea who it was that I emailed. And I was like, please, I will pay anything to get a ticket to this event. I wanted to go so bad. And I got, I got no email back. Um, But I love Bianca Del Rio. I also love like, obviously, you know, it's so funny. I have so many favorites because every season you just fall in love with so many people. I'm obsessed with Alaska, Alyssa Edwards, Willem. Like, Willem's one of my favorites. Um, one time. Willem is also really great. Like, these are people, I think it's like, there's nothing put on. You know, like, you're talking about Alaska, Willem, Detox. Like, all these kind of really big personalities, that's who they are. And it's fantastic. Bianca, fantastic. You're just saying. And they're all so different too which is Alyssa amazing they're all and they're crazy but the, it's yeah. good crazy do you know what I mean like it's like their energy is so contagious and you just want to be around them and they're brilliant and they're really smart yeah they're you've got good taste oh thank you Have you been watching the new season? Yeah, I have. What do you think? Um, I'm going to be honest. I am not in love with the season yet. It's it's kind of like the first time where I'm, you know, me and my boyfriend watch it together because uh, I got him into Drag Race. And he he loves like Gigi and stuff. And I do too. But I was like, babe, honestly, like this is not the best season of Drag Race. Like I need to take you back and like... I love season 11. Season 11 was great. Like, I would love to show him that one. Um, But season 12 for me just hasn't been my favorite season yet. I really do like some of the queens. Like, I love Jada. I think she's really fantastic. I love Crystal Method. Um, Gigi, I think she's a little cocky, but I have a lot of respect for her, too. She's really good. It's just just not my favorite season. It's kind of like just how it goes sometimes. I think season 12 is just – it has its own issues. It's – um, it has the controversy with uh, the con- the contestant that was uh, uh, um, eliminated. Oh, that the, like Wait, what? Shared the contestant that was um, that was disqualified from the contestant. Yeah, that freak. I read all about that. So it's like so like that. So that I think carries over as a dark cloud on the season. It makes it hard for a lot of the viewers to watch it if you're a really big fan of the show. It definitely does. You know, and the personalities don't necessarily. I think they're all great personalities. It's almost as if they don't fit well together. So it's hard to watch it cohesively, but I love them all individually. 
I really love Crystal Method. I think Gigi Good is brilliant. I think Jada Essence Hall is fantastic. God, um, beautiful. Oh my God, stunning. Like stunning. Yeah. But this, as a season, it's, um, I, it's not my favorite. I would agree with you. But it's good. But it's not my favorite. I think when you look back at the special, I think that's why there's so many special things about seasons like five and six. Bianca season is so good. It's adore Bianca, Courtney, Darian. Like it's just magic. Oh, adore. I love adore. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you totally there. And there's not like, you know, I love seeing the friendships. Mm hmm. I love seeing those. And I don't see a lot of friendships this season. Like, I mean, everyone's kind of friendly, but it's kind of passive. You know, like, I love that moment whenever you, like, you just see these people. In, like, I loved Adore and Bianca's relationship. That was awesome. Yeah, you know, I think things just developed differently on this season where people are much more aware of the camera. <laughs> and so, because they're so aware of the camera, they're, they're maybe being very much more guarded than they were earlier seasons. You know, and I think that does make an impact for the viewing audience. But I still think it's good. Who was your best Judy whenever you were on? Brooklyn Heights, duh. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? Brooklyn was the one who got me through every... Like, we were each other's... We call each other uh, our emotional support animals because when she was having a hard time, I was hers. And when I was having a hard time, she was mine. She was by far my best friend on the show, yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I met her too at DragCon. She was also leaving and I ran through and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just wanted to say hi. And she's like elegantly like turns around in this big gown and she was like, hi. And I was like, oh my God, it's fabulous. She's so wonderful. Wonderful. So what was your favorite competition? Because I, my favorite one of yours was the magic one. You were so good during the magic show thing. But like, what was the most fun for you? Yeah, you killed that. Um, the magic one was my favorite, I think, because I, I mean, I won that challenge. But it was also, <laughs> duh. Uh, but it was also the hardest because we had to actually learn magic and we had to, and we didn't have, we had like no time. So we had to learn the magic trick. Then we had to put, we had to write a whole script and then we had to perform it. And it was, and then we had to learn choreography and learn, I mean, it was so much to it. And that, and it was my favorite because it was, I was, it, I did well in every aspect of that challenge. I wrote a really solid piece. I was really good at my magic trick. And I got to do it with two of my favorite people from the show. It was Brooklyn and Chuka. So it was like awesome. I need to know how, wait, can you tell me how that magic trick worked? No, it's a secret. Oh my God, a magician never reveals their tricks. I know I'm the worst. I always ask people whenever they show me a magic trick and they always say that. I even, I didn't Google that one, but I Googled the milk one because it was eating me alive. <laughs> he said, I have to know. I have to know. The, the, who did that trick? So, uh, Silk, who did the milk trick? With the Silky did it. Yeah, Silky. Silky? Was it Silky? Oh, Silky with the good milk. It was Silky, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely Silky. Which, I can't even talk about Silky. I can't get into that. <laughs> Just gotta, gotta remain respectful. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so, Drag Race, I feel like, you know, we see it, and we don't see all of it. And but we do see like a lot of, you know, transformations from people, like especially if you watch Untucked, you get to know people even more. And everyone is seems like they're going through a lot. What did you personally learn from Drag Race that you like carry with you still? Is there multiple things? Is it one big thing? Like, I'm really curious. Yeah, I the, the first major thing that I learned from Drag Race was that I was I and RuPaul says it all the time. 
I was my greatest saboteur. She said, I'm sh- as a fan of the show, I'm, heard, I'm sure you've heard her say that. Don't be your oh. worst saboteur. And it's like, oh yeah, whatever. When you're watching the show, you're like, oh, <laughs> it's a cute little thing to say. And then when you do the show and you go so deep inside of your own head and you're being so self-critical uh, and your own worst enemy, uh, I just learned, I, I learned where I was really insecure and that's a really hard pill to swallow. And so I have really tried to work on fixing that, but it's been brought out in me a lot because of the show. So I have to like really work on silencing that voice. But I also learned I'm good. I'm a, I'm good at what I do. I'm a really good artist and I'm a sickening queen. I'm just different than a lot of the other queens. I'm, but I'm good at what I do and no one does what I do. So it's like, I learned that a drag race in a really different way, which is great. I needed that. That's beautiful. Like, it's so true because I am my own biggest saboteur. Like, I always doubt myself. I, you know, and people don't really know that about me because I don't show those things because I, like, fake it till I make it. But it's the insecurities really, like, can get to me sometimes. And I love that you own who you are because you do have a very unique style. I love, I, like, went this morning and I looked up, like, compilation of Nina West looks just so I could, like, you know, refresh my memory because it's been a while. And I I was just obsessed, like, watching you, like, in your uh, Venus flytrap one. And I was just like, what? No, no, no. The only one that I think was bad was the time, and you knew it was bad whenever you made that orange dress. Oh, that monstrosity of a pimple dress that's what I called it the pimple dress it was such a blemish it was so bad and I just couldn't figure out I mean look I'm not a seamstress and I never pretended to be and I know that you have to sew for the show but I, don't, I was just hoping I wouldn't and I just it, it, but it got me it, it really got me <laughs> it is, no it's totally fine you, you were you survived that um but no I loved I loved the Venus flytrap look I loved like the uh, what would you call it? Like not Paul Revere, but like, you know, back that, that old school American look. And then I was dying obsessed over your mushroom hat thing. Like, you know, like the fringy look. I was, and then you won and I was like, yes, like I was living. You I had some so amazing scared. looks and they're so different. <laughs> yeah. I'm a freak of nature. I've watched them all so many times. Um, I've watched all of the seasons over and over again. I love it. Like, I I live for the moments. I live for the looks. I cry. And my boyfriend cries at it, too. It's so cute. It's, like, it's so moving, you know? Drag Race is the best. I get you. Yeah, what I like about Drag Race is that I think this is why I've always been a fan, is it tells the story of a competition show, but it also makes you, it connects you to the people in a different way. And I think maybe that's what might be missing a little bit from 12 is, I don't feel connected to anybody as I have in the past season. But Drag Race usually just tells you like, who these great, you, you fall in love with the people. And I, I, maybe that's what it is. I haven't fallen fully in love with anybody yet. Crystal might be the closest one. Yeah, I agree. Crystal's the only one where you kind of, you're like, mm, yeah, I just like, I'm rooting for her. Yeah, you're like, I really, did you watch the most recent episode? Yes, the uh, super fan. Yes, it's so good. That and made me love Crystal even more. Her whole style. I love it. I just love it so much. Oh, I loved that look. I loved everything about that. It was bizarre. It, it was so awesome. So oh, And she's so cute. Like, I'm just obsessed with her. Um, and then we had the Shantae you both stay. I freaked. Uh, me too. <laughs> I called it, though. I totally called it. I was like, it's going to be. Because they were both so in it. And I was like, there's no way Rue can pick one right now. Yeah, she's not sending one of them home. And I was like, but that does make this this week's episode, it means it's even bigger because 
someone's going like someone's going home and it's going to be someone you probably don't want to go home yet because it's the double save always screws up the rest of the competition and like it will it it throws it so it's great for us as the audience it sucks as the contestant yeah y'all had like one of the most iconic double saves i've ever seen oh brooklyn and evie which is just going to be a pairing up of who was going to win the title in the first place and i think we all knew that i think we all knew that watching it it's like oh now right it's between these two we're all here just we're all we're all just gonna watch this go down yeah. <laughs> I was bawling like whenever Brooklyn did the uh her reveal on the runway, you know. I was like, "Oh, I've never seen anything more fabulous in my life." I was like crying during that. Like why am I always crying watching it? And then during that, I was like, "Who are like they were my like two of my favorites on that um on that season." And so whenever they were against each other, I was like, "No, like who's going to go?" It was like the Raven and Juju B moment from All-Stars 1. Yeah. I remember b- backstage right before Brooklyn went on for that runway, she said, I just, have, I just have to kill it. I just have to kill it. And I knew what she was doing. And I was like, oh, this is over. This is over. <laughs> like her runway will keep, I thought her runway would keep her out of the bottom. Me too. And I didn't. was like, there's no way that she's going to be in the bottom after that runway. But it just goes to show that at the end of the day, like, yeah, the runway matters, like, but it's not going to keep you out of the bottom. Right. What if I told you you could get high quality organic and non-GMO groceries delivered to your door for a lot less than you're paying now and help out families in need? That's what I'm doing since I discovered Thrive Market. As a proud Thrive Market member, I get the products I love and my paid membership provides a free one for someone in need, like a low-income family, a teacher, a veteran, or first responder. Thrive Market tailors to over 70 different diets and values, like paleo to keto to plant-based, delivering the highest quality organic and non-GMO food. They also offer clean beauty and bath products, pet staples, and non-toxic cleaning products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. I've had that wine, and it is delicious. Personally, my favorite thing about Thrive is the fact that it shows up straight to my door. So I don't have to worry about going to the store, especially during this time when we want to stay at home. It comes straight to me and it's so easy. As a member, I am saving 25 to 50 percent off traditional retail prices and their carbon neutral shipping is free on orders over forty nine dollars. Not only do I feel great about getting a deal on my favorite clean, organic products, but I also feel great about helping to support families who need it most. In addition to membership matching, Thrive Market is matching donations to their COVID-19 relief fund dollar for dollar. Thrive Market is working 24-7 to make sure members are getting their groceries delivered as fast as possible. You can learn more about their commitments to customers and membership matching on their website. Why not go ahead and try Thrive Market and become a member risk-free? Go to thrivemarket.com slash BDE. Join today and you'll get up to $20 in shopping credit towards your first order. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash BDE to start your risk-free membership and get up to $20 towards your first order. Thrivemarket.com slash BDE. How do you feel about like women doing drag? Because... I would love to be in drag. And I know that some people think women shouldn't do drag. Uh, so like, what's your opinion on that? I think women have every right to do drag. I think if it, it's an art form, like, and like anything else, like music, like painting, like writing, 
and I don't think it's as rich uh, when it's when it's exclusive. It has to be open to everybody to be able to make that fabric so beautiful and fantastic, and women have the right to do it. Drag is uh, drag is a really unique art form because it's so much about identity and about self. And I, what I do, I don't, I think importantly for me, I'm only speaking for me, I don't ever try to pretend to be a woman. I'm just dressing up like as, as my version of a character who happens to be my version of a woman. But drag itself is all about self-identity and representation and, um, and kind of how you feel and the person I think you want to bring out. And I think that's, and I think we all have it within us. That's all of us. I think women should have every equal moment and access to be able to do it. Yeah. And for the people who don't think they do, they should, I mean, they should have a seat. They really don't have any idea of what they're talking about. And usually it's just um, closed-minded, stupid men. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I love that you said that. That's so beautiful. I, a lot of the time people ask me because everyone knows I'm obsessed with it. And so they're like, well, like, you know, they've never seen drag. They've never, you know, dove into like this drag bag where it's like, you have no idea what you're missing, but they're like, what do you love about drag? Like, why do you like it so much? And I'm like, it is the most beautiful form of art to me. I'm like, it's art. I'm like, you have no idea how in detail these people go with these looks and like coming up with this, it's creativity. I was like, it's people being themselves, putting themselves out there, like back, you know, however many years ago it was, like in the last century, if a man was dressing up as a woman, that would be, like, they would be so shamed for that. And now we embrace it and we celebrate that. Like that in itself is so beautiful to me. And it's just about like, you know, expressing yourself, revealing yourself. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm obsessed. And it's, it's so fun to get to talk to people about it. And I'm like, I can't say enough. You just have to like, check it out yourself. However you choose to go about that. Come to hamburger Mary's with me. Like, yeah. And when you get in drag, you're going to think when you do it yourself, Demi, you're going to find stuff out about yourself that you never know. Like when you put your, when you like, you get in drag and you, whether you paint yourself, you have somewhat, some amazing drag artists do your makeup and you get a wig and, a ridiculous, amazing, outlandish, whatever you feel like you want to express your, as yourself that day, you're going to just feel something and find something out about yourself that you didn't know before. That's the power of drag. It's oh, amazing. I love it so much. I know I like felt it during this last episode, the super fan, because like these women, you know, some of them like, I mean, all of them were so happy and like they felt like they learned something about themselves. You know, they had amazing things to say about it. And I was just like, oh, I want that. Like, I love that for them. I want to experience that. Yeah. So whenever I was looking up your compilation thing, it like this other video came up and it was your 2008 Entertainer of the Year Award dress. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was the most insane like beautiful gown ever and then i was like getting into it and i was looking at it and it was like talking about how you inspired sia's look yeah like how how tell me about that how did that feel like that's insane that how did you even come up with that idea so i so the idea is based off of this idea of like an operetta and so there were women would come out in uh, like i believe an opera or operetta and they would come out and they said they're Underneath their dress, uh, a little person would come out and be wearing the exact same thing that they were wearing. And so I thought this idea was really amazing. And I was like, but how do I do it and make it like even, like how do I take it and make it drag? And so the concept came about of putting 
dancers underneath and making them the ball gown. And then um, they would peel away and reveal the shell of the gown, which was just a really gorgeous gunmetal gray kind of fitted, uh, beautiful uh, piece of art. And somehow one of Sia's designers saw that clip. And so I did that in 2008. And Sia did that. She replicated it, I think, in like 2015. Maybe. I mean, it was, I can't remember when she did it. But it was for her last, it was for the tour that she did with, I think think it was the album with like uh, Cheap Thrills. And so it was the opening of her concert and she, it was, and she did it first at Coachella. So she was standing there and then it, all the dancers were revealed um, her main dancer, um, Maddie Ziegler. And it was just kind of, it was, it was, I was like blown away. Someone, one of my friends was at Coachella and they were snapping pictures and my <laughs> phone was blowing up and I'm like, what is this? Oh my God, I did this. Who is, oh my God, that's Sia. I mean, I, it was like point of recognition immediately. And I was like, well, that's amazing. Like the story goes on. I'm like, well, that's amazing. She never like, we, people usually, when they are inspired by another artist, they usually don't like give them credit at all. And they usually don't say anything. And about two days later on Twitter, Sia uh, tweeted, at, tweeted at me and said, thank you so much for the inspiration. Thanks for being amazing. Um, we love doing this. And it was incredible. And so I was blown away by that and just her ability to even give gratitude and thanks was pretty incredible that's so cool like i love that so much that was such an amazing concept i thank you my jaw dropped i was like oh my gosh the creativity thank you thanks them thank you yeah of course i'm a huge fan Right, Nina. Well, I've got some uh, games. You want to play some games? Let's do some games. All right. This one's kind of hard. I'm a little nervous about this, but let's see how it goes. So we're going to like come up with drag queen names. So I'm going to give you three words. And out of those three words, you're going to c- try to come up with a drag queen name. And then you're going to do it to me. Okay. What? Okay. Okay. We'll t- okay. We'll try it. Yeah, we'll try it. If it's a total bust, we'll cut it out because I'm nervous. <laughs> all right, I'll try it. We'll try it. We'll try it. And then I have another game after. That's really fun. Um, all right. So three words that I've got for you first. Yellow, superhero, cupcake. <laughs> uh, okay. Yellow, superhero, cupcake. Yellow, superhero, cupcake. Oh, my gosh. Yellow, superhero, cupcake. Uh, princess, princess, uh, princess lemon curd. I don't even know. Princess lemon curd. <laughs> like that. With, it's like now I'm creating like a strawberry shortcake like, like ally rather than like a drag queen name. <laughs> I'm like, uh, princess uh, sponge cake. I don't even know. I don't even know princess. Uh, something sponge cake, something vanilla. I don't know. I, that was good. Honestly, that was way better than I would have came up with. I had no idea. Let me give you three. Okay, let me give you three words. Um, um, let's see. Uh, let's do chrysanthemum, evergreen, chair. <laughs> oh, chrysanthemum, evergreen, chair. 
Um, hmm. She her name would be Nature Chase or Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you like that? It work. <laughs> works. So I'm sure there's some queen named that someplace in this world. <laughs> and like on the runway, I'm just picturing nature chase walking down the runway, like dressed as a piece of furniture with like greenery on it. Like a lamp coming out of her shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I need to see it. All right. We'll do one more round of this and then we'll play the other game. Okay. This this one is going to be really interesting. Um, papaya, quinoa, and bonsai tree. Papaya, quinoa, and bonsai tree. Uh, papaya, quinoa, and bonsai tree. Mm, we're going to call her... Mm, <laughs> uh, we're going to call her... Holada 30. No. <laughs> no. Um, oh, my God. Papaya quinoa bonsai tree. Mm-hmm. She sounds like... She sounds not like someone I'd know. Um, <laughs> papaya quinoa bonsai... Uh, like, um... <laughs> I feel you feeling that inner quinoa, like I like, know, and, and the bonsai because that means like it's like snipping. It's like an activity of keeping it precise and like tra- Like a bonsai tree is like that is not. I I don't have a bonsai tree because I could give two shits about that <laughs> that type of activity. But the kind of person who has a bonsai tree is a particular person, and I think I'm not that person. So like, I, I totally know what you mean though. Like, like I'm it's not like, it is an art. Bonsai is an art. So like that person is like very, I don't know. Like anal. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure in the nicest of ways. <laughs> <laughs> in the nicest of ways. Yeah. I'm anal about some things too. I get it. I don't have a name for her because I don't know her. I don't know her either. We're calling her anal vegan for now. <laughs> I've had a few boyfriends called anal vegan. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Okay, come up with one more for me. There's three more. Okay, let's do. Um, let's do a purple vacuum. Because I'm looking around my house. Purple vacuum. Purple vacuum. Um, wheatgrass. Purple vacuum wheatgrass. Hmm. The wheatgrass is throwing me. I know. It threw me too, but it came to my head. You killed me with the quinoa. I think the wheatgrass gave him quinoa. <laughs> uh, we're going to call her. Hmm. I, it's on. It's, I'm coming into something. Miss. She's Miss Tyson Grape Juice. It's. <laughs> <laughs> She's like Tyson reminds me like chicken. <laughs> Is Tyson a vacuum brand or am I did I make that up? Oh, Dyson. Oh, Miss Dyson grape juice. I was chicken nuggets on the mind. <laughs> I was like Ty- I was like, where's she getting Tyson? I'll go with it. I'll totally go with it. <laughs> I meant Miss Dyson. That's the thing, because you know what? Drag names, you can never be wrong. You can never it's be wrong. So true. I have no idea what my drag name would be. I would have to, I would spend days on it. How'd you come up with Nina West? 
Oh my gosh, you, I mean, that, drag names, you think you're going to spend days on it and then it just happens. I feel like I would just make mine Demi. You just like, you just, it just happens. Like, I, you spend day. I can remember thinking one day, I worked tirelessly in coming up with a smart drag name. And my initial first drag name was Jocelyn Butane because she was going to set the stage on fire. That was the whole tagline. She had a tagline. And it was just too over, it was just too overthought. And it was like, this doesn't even feel like me. And so Nina West was just kind of an afterthought. Um, it came from a singer that I loved, and West was my drag mother's last name. So it was like, it just all just happened. Drag names, that's what's great about drag names. You, but also there's power in naming yourself, which is really important to the queer community. Like we get to name ourselves and we get to claim ourselves, which is a big thing. And drag does, that's why it's powerful. Like that's why drag is very powerful. You're going to fall in love with it, girl. I'm telling you. Like doing it, you're going to fall in love with it. It's very powerful. I'm already so in love with it. Like, I can't even imagine what would happen to me. Get ready when you do it. It's so different. Oh, it's crazy because people are like, what are you passionate about? Like, what's your passion? And I'm like, drag. I just love drag so much. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even do it, but I just love it. <laughs> okay, let's play this other game that I have. This one is going to be fun. So this is... um. We're going to play this game called Headline Mad Libs, and it's easy. It's like regular Mad Libs, but with news headlines that I found were pretty funny. And so uh, if you, like, do you have, like, a pen and paper? Yeah, let me grab one. Or you can write it in your notes or something on your phone, whatever. You're just going to, so we can fill in the blanks. I'm ready. All right, so here's the first one. We need two adjectives, and this is just kind of stuff that's big in pop culture right now, like relevant stuff during quarantine. Round one, we need a noun. Dog. Okay, so this is from thesource.com. I'm going to put your word in here. Joe Exotic dog line might be coming soon. It's actually so funny because he's the cat man. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like the Tiger King and you pick dog. God. uh, (laughs) That's funny. Did you watch that? Of course. Did you? No, of course. What do you think? I think Carol Baskin did it. That's what I think. Carol Baskin put her husband in a meat grinder and she fed him to the tigers. That's what I think, too. There's no way. She acted way too sketchy about it. And she was like, I I couldn't even fit him in the meat grinder if I tried. Like, that's not. She chopped him up. Yeah. I'm like, that's not what you say whenever someone's accusing you of that. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I'm dying. Um, Yeah. No, Carol Baskin's guilty. Guilty. I love the TikToks going on about her. (laughs) they get so funny um okay so round two we need a plural noun plural noun um and get filthy with it if you want oh my gosh um get filthy Mm -hmm. but you read it oh i was gonna say ice cream trucks (laughs) because that is dirty Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) It, it could be it could be you want ice cream trucks all right so what don't you want ice cream trucks Who doesn't want an ice cream truck, Demi? More than anything, I want a SpongeBob-shaped ice cream in my mouth right now. Uh, 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 In your mouth, huh? Now now it sounds like I'm just trying to be perverted with SpongeBob. It's weird. Maybe that's my my thing. Um, (laughs) Didn't know that was my thing, but... We're all finding out. It's like therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Learning new stuff about myself in quarantine. Okay, so this comes from Vice... And it is Burning Man is going virtual, and so are the ice cream trucks. What the hell? 
It was orgies. Um, so you said, so are the ice cream trucks, which I could deal with virtual ice cream trucks for sure. How are the orgies going virtual? How is that happening? How are they doing that? You know, I, that should have been a thought in my mind and I didn't even think twice about it. I was just like, oh, virtual orgies. Cool. How though? I mean, how does that happen? I mean, whatever vice, I believe you. Okay, cool. Have fun burning man. (laughs) I bet that they're just all getting on there and maybe just, you know, like on this webcam thing and maybe everyone's just doing weird shit all in a room. Skip. I'm good. I'm good. You know what? I'm good. I don't need to do all that. I'm good. I'm good. I'd rather, I'd rather watch. <laughs> They're getting on Zoom. Paint dry. <laughs> I mean. They're getting on Zoom and having orgies. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. Uh, this is the last one. Okay. We need another noun. Another noun. Um, jock straps. Oh, okay. Okay. So I love that. So this is from Dazed. <laughs> um, PETA has issued a jockstrap guide to Animal Crossing. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. It was a vegan guide, which also just is hilarious. PETA has issued a vegan guide. Crossing to- on Switch. Yeah. Oh, man. But now they're doing jockstrap guides. Yeah, they are, because just in case. If you come to my island, girl, it's a party. <laughs> yeah. What is a jockstrap for? A jockstrap is for like physical activity. So like if you were gonna be like a football player or like a baseball player, like huh? What's it do? I don't know. You wear it when you're athletic. <laughs> just holds it all in there, like I think it just I think it like that's a really I think it pulls it all tighter. Yeah, so it's not like flopping around everywhere. Yeah, definitely it cups your I think it cups your nuts. <laughs> Like it cuts, I think it, I think, I mean, I'm guessing, I'm not, I didn't design a jock strap, but there's nothing, I mean, it's called a jock, let's look it up. Hold on, let me Google it, because now I'm curious. Please, I need to know, because everyone knows what it is, but does anyone really know what it does unless you've used it? Well, I have to ask now. I mean, the- <laughs> Google's my best friend. It says, <laughs> to protect the male genitalia during sports, it was originally designed for cyclists to protect against chafing as they rode. So it's um it 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 puts them in place to suppress excess motion, <laughs> um, and to protect during contact sports or other vigorous physical activity. There we go. There's your answer. All right, I I love that. Um, it may, like just to get of jock straps because now you know I'm just getting weird here. Um, but I'm thinking about like tucking, and I just need to know like it is tucking. I. I've done a lot of research about it because it's so fascinating because you guys get some like really beautiful tucks and it, it's amazing. Is it painful? Yes. Do you want to tell me your tucking method? Beauty is pain. I mean, is it is it painful to like get to wear like top tape to like sometimes put things places? Of course it is. I mean, like when you're like putting on a gown or you're putting, do you know what I mean? Like when you're getting red carpet ready, mm-hmm. it's pain. It's not always easy feeling. Like, so that goes from, like, hair pieces, extensions, la- I mean, anything. And so where your genitalia is being compressed and put basically up inside of you, <laughs> not feel great. It is, it is a process. It's a, no, of course, I mean, but it's, I mean, it's, I don't do that extensive of that 
because I'm not walking around naked. But there are people like Trinity who is called the tough for a reason because mm-hmm. she puts it away effort, effortlessly and she's basically naked. And you and you're like you look you're presenting as um you're presenting as a woman and that's amazing. Uh, do you want to share your method with me? Because I actually looked up like a bunch of methods before in the past, and I'm kind of curious as to what yours is. I mean, you cup it, you pull it, you you pull it, you cup it, you pull it, tuck it. Hence a tuck, cup, pull, tuck. You're pushing, <laughs> you're pushing in as you go. And of course, an audio demonstration of that really, I mean, I'm physically showing you with my hands, but you cup it, you pull it, you tuck it, and then you and you and you tape it. Oh my god, that's a that is like that's abuse. That's like self abuse. No, <laughs> you don't. No, there's no need to do all that craziness. I mean, I'm not. Again, and I wear like a compression pant and a tucking pant, so that like will ah. hold it down and it holds it up. So that goes up your backside. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not like um, I'm not causing. I'm not inflicting self pain. I'm not doing all that. No. <laughs> I love that whenever Trinity did that demonstration video or the, you know, that little act and she did that and reveals it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it looks like a perfect little vagina. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Well, not really. It's not. It's it presenting. It's, it's the appearance of. <laughs> this is so perfect. <laughs> um, all right. Nina, are you ready to wrap this up? Is there anything else that you want to add before I plug you? No, I'm so grateful for this time with you. I mean, like, it's crazy right now going through this weird thing that we're all going through together and not really knowing when it's all going to be over. But it's really nice to touch base and talk to somebody that I really respect and adore and um, get to share a little bit of how my quarantine's going with you. So thanks for the opportunity. Of course, I love chatting with you. Like, this was so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, you're wonderful. I want to hang out with you once this is over. Yeah, done. I'm done. I'll be in, uh, you're in LA, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be out there. Oh, perfect. I can't wait for that. All right, Nina. Thank you so much for being on here today and chatting with me. Make sure you check out her podcast. It's called Dragcast. And, Nina, also, I heard something about this story time thing you're doing. Do you want to tell me more about that? Yeah. So, Dragcast, well, Dragcast is our podcast. It's awesome. We have a lot of really great uh, personalities on. And then story time is a time if you uh, want to uh, hang out with your kids. I read uh, children's books and talk about big concepts of kindness, generosity, and um and putting uh, love out into the world uh, through the eyes of children's books. And so it happens every Wednesdays and Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. So, yeah, it's something I'm really having a good time with. That's so pure. I'm so proud of you. That's awesome. <laughs> so pure. Yeah, basically, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is. God, I'm like tearing up. It's so sweet. So sweet. <laughs> oh, I love that. All right, Nina. Well, you're the best. Thank you again. And I will chat with you soon. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.